This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zuma Radio, AM 740. And welcome to the Auto Imaginarium. Come on in, weary traveler. Hang your cloak on a peg. Grab a stool and come gather around the fire. There are stories to be told, and you are among friends. Kath Ingram is with us this hour to discuss how to combat, or better yet, avoid coronavirus or COVID-19 and other viruses, including ordinary influenza, and all and do it all in a natural way. In the second hour, Sloane Bella, Hollywood psychic medium to the stars, will be here. She'll give us her psychic impressions uh, on coronavirus, uh, the death of Kobe Bryant, the U.S. elections uh, coming up later this year, and, uh, and much, much more. Uh, Carlos Cagina is my technical producer. Ryan White is the live stream producer. And we are streaming this radio transmission on our YouTube uh, channel, Strange Planet. Don't forget to smash that red sub button. Uh, well, a second person has died in the U.S. from the coronavirus. This is the second death, uh, this time in the, uh, in the Washington uh, area. A man in his 70s uh, with underlying health conditions, New York State has now reported its first case of coronavirus. This is a woman in her late 30s who apparently traveled to Iran. And Ontario has confirmed four new positive cases of coronavirus, bringing the provincial total to 15. The latest, three men in their 40s, 50s, and 60s, and a woman in her 70s are the newest cases here in Ontario. And in other news, well, about 900 people died from seasonal influenza in the United States this week, just to put things in perspective. Here to discuss how to combat or avoid COVID-19 is Cass Ingram. He's a nutritional physician who received his BS in biology and chemistry from the University of Northern Iowa and a DO from the University of Osteopathic Medicine and Health Sciences in Des Moines, Iowa. Cass has since written over 25 books on natural healing He's given answers and hope to millions through lectures on thousands of radio TV shows. His research and writing have led to countless cures and discoveries. As I say, the author of over two dozen books, including The Cure is in the Cupboard, Who Needs Needs Headaches, Natural Cures for Killer Germs, and The Respiratory Solution, 
and uh, he is working uh, right now as we speak on a book on the coronavirus. Dr. Kath Ingram, welcome back to the great conspiracy to, great show. Great to be back. How you been doing, my friend? I'm all right, thanks. So far, yeah, you and the kids and everybody, family. You still got your wild oregano oil over there? Oh yes. Thank okay. you for keeping us uh, in supply. Oh, yes. Yeah, you uh, want to keep so, that really good stuff, the P73, the original stuff, yeah. You yes. know something? Uh, there's a place that there's not even one case, and they even had a like a, a truckload, I mean a, a plane load of people that came back from China, and those the, those nationals didn't have any coronavirus in their system. Where do you suppose it was? Greece? Where, where, where does the, exactly, where does the oregano grow? Green in Greece, Turkey. in the mountains. Huh? In the mountains of Greece. In the mountains of Greece and Turkey. Greece has a couple cases, not much. But Turkey has zero. And, the, and that's where the heavy density of the wild oregano is. Isn't this interesting? It had zero uh, uh, mad cow disease. All the meat, the goats that they eat and the sheep eat the oregano. <laughs> You know, and in the, when I was in the mountain, the village chiefs all said, you want some oregano tea? <laughs> Who in the world in the United States? So the wild oregano, I'm telling you, I'm flying into Seattle, the hot zone, uh, tomorrow. I mean, I've got to give a lecture. It's a full house. Right, right. I don't have any. I mean, what? What's anybody doing dying from the flu or coronavirus? If they knew what I knew, there wouldn't be any deaths. Well, here's the interesting thing, Cass. Uh, uh, many of these cases, and uh, I don't know about the numbers coming out of China because they're very they're keeping their cards very close to the vest. Yeah. But I'm, one of the things that I'm noticing is the, the people that are dying uh, tragically yeah. have some sort of underlying condition. Well, yeah, yeah. This 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 is that. Now, this is a nasty. I've treated this before, you know, with the SARS in Canada when it broke out. Remember that. 2003. Yeah, but it's still nasty, and it's got those spicules, and it can go, and if you don't have a good immune system or good mucous membranes, especially elderly with low vitamin A, low vitamin C, medications, poor structure, uh, underlying you know, conditions, and it just can go like a stealth. And before they know it medically, it ends up causing a pneumonia, and they suffocate basically. You can't get any any air in, and they they just check out. And what about the? They're talking also. It can cause organ failure. How does that happen? Well, it's what they call a cytokine storm. It it comes in stealth. It duplicates. It duplicates. It duplicates. And this and then it builds up such a massive inflammation that the kidneys, the liver, and the lungs shut down. You don't even know what's happening. You know what those films in China are real. You got these forty-year-old guys, fifty-year-old, thirty-year-old, just walking down the street. They teeter and they fall down and die because that storm it hits them so suddenly. Right, right. But you want to strip the veil off? This is a swine flu. Come on, it's the pigs. It's a pig virus. Yes, the vaccines were involved. They heavily, massively vaccinated the pigs. You saw those images. They've been dumping like 20,000, 30,000, 50,000 pigs in pits and burying them alive or throwing kerosene on them and burning them. I don't know what they're doing with them, but because the pigs are sick from coronavirus. It's the way it is. And it's a don't. bat coronavirus, not, the, not just the African swine flu. That's one thing. But the right. bat got right. into the pig. 
And then they vaccinated the pigs and vaccinated them some more, and they had illegal vaccines all over China. It was a scandal. All in this year, this last year, and the year before. Illicit <laughs> vaccines, homemade ones, and recombinant, you know, uh, GMO vaccines made offshore and brought in from Vietnam. And, and you had to sign a non-disclosure if you were a pig farmer. So all of this is going on, all this for festering. And they killed 300 million pigs from, because they had coronavirus. Now, do you, you know the Chinese, I mean, nothing about one group or another, but over, over there, they trade in sick pigs. There's a mafia that does that there. Right, and the right. sick, diseased flesh is on the market. So, so then, why are we being told it, it, it came from a fish market, and then they were, you know, then maybe some exotic animal? Is it because they're trying to protect their pork industry? Yes, they're trying to protect the pork industry. It's 180 billion in China alone, and there's all these factory farms. Some of the farms are 17 stories, 15 stories high, story after story of a pig. And uh, not the three little pigs, a serious deal. Right, right. Now, what you have is you have a propaganda machine. The propaganda machine says that it, it, it's this and that, and it's pangolins, and it's and we all get distracted. Oh, no, it's a bio germ. The uh, U.S. government dropped it on China. Now, does that even make any sense? Did you see the markets? Exactly. Yeah. Why would they self-inflict like that? You know, and why would the Chinese, the communist government, they're not going to kill the goose. The goose is China. It's making some people into billionaires in a week. You know, so this is a disaster, human-made disaster, you know, but stupid. Uh, Now, this is a viral pneumonia, right? So antibiotics are of no use. use, Is that correct? Useless. Worse. Don't give any drugs. You'll, You'll kill the patient. Some of that's happening in China. But look, I just told you. The wild, we did the study. I sent it to you. Yes, yes. The study is clear. We obliterated the coronavirus, the SARS virus, 15% fatal. Categorical. With that multiple spice uh, extract, the oregaresp was exactly what we used. Precisely. Don't have to look too far. And we used the capsules. We took the capsules, emptied the powder, the, not the gel cap, the powdered one. Emptied that into the slurry. Mixed it at a one in ten thousand dilution, and killed ninety nine point nine 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 percent of all the viruses in two minutes. There were only a hundred and fifty left out of out of five million, <laughs> and and it's so quick. Now now uh, we did it with influenza A, which you, you're correct about. That's killing people. MRSA, Lyme disease, they're killing people right now by the thousands every every month. We have to talk, if we're going to talk about Corona, we should talk about MRSA and C. diff and hospitalized infections in Canada or U.S. We talk about it all. Not well, just you one. know, that's the point, right? If we put things in perspective, uh, the, uh, the number of deaths from flu on average, about 36,000 in the U.S. alone every winter, every flu season. And it's a lot of elderly high, people, you know. Right. And it spiked as high, I believe, in 2017, 2018 was a particularly bad year. I think it was... Closer to sixty thousand. Yeah. So and, why then are we all up in arms, causing the market to crash, yeah. causing you know disrupting supply chains and for man- manufacturing over this virus? Is it hype? Some hype, maybe, because there's grants being given and a lot of big vaccine money's going around now. 
but there's also this novelty of it. You know what I'm saying? It's there's a novelty effect, but it's true. You see a Chinaman just kind of doing his own thing, and he just collapses and dies. So it's going to rivet the world. We don't see the people getting their arms eaten up with the MRSA. We never see the pictures. Maybe we're numb to it. I don't know. It's a it's a new thing, right? Right. And uh, well, here's the other thing, Cass. Yeah. In Wuhan, yeah. the air pollution there is absolutely horrible. Oh, we yes. all we've seen the images. And isn't how much coming so how out much of there this? too? Uh, uh, this Sorry? is kind of a, I don't know that. Is this it's kind of a lot of electro electromagnetic stuff going on? Well, there's 5G. Apparently, they've unveiled 5G. They've rolled it out in China in Wuhan. Plus the the air pollution. I don't uh-huh. know, but is it possible that that what we're really seeing are people getting sick from the air pollution, yes, the 5G? System. It's you know that's compromising your immune oh, yeah. system, and that's why they're keeling over. That's, that's right. You're, well, it's a combination. There's definitely the viral element, but the viruses are, 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 are fester when you have that heavy air pollution. You have the 5G uh, frequency going on, and you have this massive overriding vaccination. I mean, you can't believe millions of doses have been given to these poor, the pigs, and the vaccines are homemade and illicit. They're not even government approved. The government turns a deaf eye and says, well, you know, we've got this pig crisis. Give it a try. And uh, you know what happened with H1N1, which was the vaccine-induced uh, pathology in the Mexican, uh, the Me- was it? I think it was H1. It was in the Mexican uh, Smithfield Farms, their Mexican right. division. 660 people died suddenly. And then it, it went around the world. 500,000 by the time it was done, dropped, dropped dead. But it was because the vaccinated, it's admitted in the literature, the vaccine somehow interacted with the pig to create a super germ, and it got out of the box. Well, in 1918, it did. Remember that they vaccinated the soldiers. They wanted to get rid of the vaccines and get government money. They had an excess at the end of the war, so they hit them and hit them and hit them. And it broke out in that armory in uh, barracks in Kansas and spread around the world. Maybe we're saying something like this again, because why? Look, let me tell you something. If you ate a wolf pup or a salamander, you'd get sick, but you wouldn't spread it to the whole globe. That's the difference. It wouldn't have mutated enough. You see what I mean? Right, right. Um, Dr. Kath Ingram, The Respiratory Solution. That's and, not uh, coronavirus. I already have a book out on that. <laughs> but I'm writing a whole nother book. Separate. Right, on the coronavirus. Yeah. Right. And... um do you think that this virus is gonna is going to be now that it's been introduced into the uh, ecosystem or what have you is going to be here? It's here to stay. Every year we'll have basically maybe a variant of COVID nineteen. Well, we seem to be having variants of that H one N one still, but a residual, not like it was. It'd never be like this. Uh, you know, if you listen to what I say, be like the Turk. I mean, just. Everybody just start getting into that P73, get a bottle of that. It's edible, it's wild, it's, it's representable, it's not synthetic. There's synthetic junk on the market. Get the real stuff. If you want, you're going to travel like me, i got to go to Seattle. I'm taking the Regarest three, three times a day. If you do what I say, just take those two things and spread it around to people. You know, Look, you know what happened when my research 
got was online. I did the research in 2003. I'm not an opportunist. I'm not taking so uh, the public started to trend my data. It's good data. 100% kill, 99.9% kill with the oregano, 100% with the multiple spice, and it it was on Facebook. 2,000 posts, you know, reposts. I had nothing to do with this. Do you know what Google, Twitter, and uh, and uh, Facebook did? Took it they down. Altered the algorithm and crushed the trending. Ah, <laughs> it would have blown up. The whole world would have known the data, but they shuttered it. And the Washington Post did a hit piece on oregano oil. So did the New York Times, and so did the uh, the New L A Times. L A Times said anybody that would promote oregano oil should uh, serve their place in hell for being a, a huckster. You now, know, when to... you say that the, the these studies you're, you're citing, that they kill coronavirus, they kill other uh, viruses, is that a human study or is that in the test? Human because study we're working on because we have researchers trying to get to the government to put the oregano in the hands of our suffering Canadians and Americans. It's, it's, they're making the attempt. If the bra- if the governments have any brains, maybe Canadian Trudeau will do it to save the day. Uh, Trump, I don't know. Maybe they they need to do it. Okay, uh, you don't need to do a human study on garlic and onion if it's you just do what the medicine does. You do the medicine and you a- add the garlic and onion, or you add the oregano and cinnamon. You just add it. But if you want the human trial, we're working on that. Right. Um, this was the in vitro. But here's the deal. Very simple. The oregano oil, when you get the edible wild oregano, they make that caveat. Now, I don't know what the farm-raised stuff would do. Probably not going to work. I don't know what the synthetic would do. Don't take it. Anything that says 86%, 93% carbocrawl, don't even bother. It's fake. So, but if we get the wild oregano, it dissolves the virus. How is any virus? It'll, you know those spicules on the coronavirus? They're done. You get a little of that oregano in there, it starts... Look, here's the deal. You're going to get killed because the virus grows faster than you can kill it or get sick from it, one of the two. You have to take the... I'll give you my list of seven. You have to take something that kills it down so you're going to survive. I don't care if it's chicken soup, but something that works, that's been proven to work. The best is the oregano oil. It even dissolves Lyme disease bacteria, but let's forget for a minute. This, the oregano dissolves the virus under the electron microscope. It shatters it. There's nothing left. How are you going to kill what strain? It doesn't matter. This strain, that strain. How do you kill 99.9999999% in two minutes? Who can do such a thing? Only God. Nobody else. Uh, so, so, yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter. We can still well, try to if, do the human. Nothing else. I mean, you, if, if, if the coronavirus, and I'm not sure how long it can exist outside the human body. Do you know, by the oh, way? About up to 24 hours, at least 12, 14 hours okay. on, on some surface. That's dangerous stuff. Okay. So long. then, so then you can wipe, you could, you could, you could put oregano juice of some sort into a spray bottle. You could wipe down surfaces. You get on a plane. You know, wipe down your your uh, your your tray, yeah, yeah, your yeah. armrests, well, uh, and so forth. Already, there's something called a Rega spray. 
We're not making claims for any company. I'll just tell you what's available. That's what I use. I have a two-ounce bottle. When I fly to Seattle, I have to take it with me because I'm going to spray my chest, spray around the airplane, spray a little tissue and wipe the stuff, spray my headrest. In the hotel, I spray my light bulbs. I spray the bit, whatever, and I fumigate myself. And if some sick dog comes, like there was some sick dog came here, I just sprayed there all over them. And I said, turn around, I'll spray your back. <laughs> he got better. <laughs> but so you have that. You know, I'm going to give you a total protection. You take what we did in the study, the super strength oregano oil, the orega resp. And then for di- physicians, it's known as oregacillin. Okay, you're taking that orally. You take the spray and use the spray. You use the sinus injection. You know, you just inject it up the schnozola and you gavage. It's got the oregano in it, bay leaf, sage, whatever. You shoot it up once or twice a day. But if you're on the airplane, shoot it up every half hour because you know, you're breathing in a who knows what kind of crud. And if you're going to a public toilet, shoot yourself before you. Who knows what you breathe? You know that fungal sinusitis. Here, I'll tell you, don't let me forget about talking about fungus. Now, I'll tell you something else. I got my secret remedy right here. I got this stuff, the slow-release oregano beeswax. <laughs> I got my Q-tip. I'm preparing myself for the flight to Seattle, the hot zone. Oh, you I put it on a Q-tip. The, I take the oregano beeswax stuff. It's in a little jug. I take it. I put it on the Q-tip. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> I stick it up my nose, and I saturate that area. Um, there's no way I could get anything. Just like in Turkey. They're right, getting right. it because they eat it. I mean, I, there's, how could it be? I'm melting everything that's in my body. And then if anything comes near me, I'm going to melt it into oblivion. I'm not going to be right. afraid of this thing. All right, Cass, hold on. We'll take a timeout, come back. We'll open up the phone lines, take questions and, uh, and, and comments. Dr. Cass Ingram, the respiratory solution, the cure is in the cupboard. Uh, and many, many other books. Uh, we'll also talk about how to boost your immune system. Yeah. On the other side, The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Don't go away. When in doubt, blame the government. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Cass Ingram is with us this hour, and uh, we are talking about how to battle or avoid the coronavirus naturally. And what about the immune system, uh, Cass? So, yeah, you know, you know the, your... the, the kingpin is the wild oregano still, because there was a study on 33 herbs, your echinacea, your elderberry, your different things, 33 of them. Only the wild oregano dramatically boosted the interferon. You can't, it's just it. It's the thing. Now, additionally, we should be getting our vitamin C but it should be from a natural source. So I pound the citrus right now, and I, and I pound this purely seed. That's that camu-camu. You've taken that before. Yes, yes. That's a fantastic thing. I take the powder, and I just take a teaspoon right down the hatch a couple times a day. And uh, so I'll do that. And I, you know, another thing I'm doing is I'm getting my vitamin A, because did you know this? Vitamin A is the immune system vitamin, if you have a virus or you have a bacteria, or you have a fungus and it comes on your membranes, vitamin A makes a, you have to have the vitamin, you make an immunoglobulin, called secretary IgA, medical stuff. The immunoglobulin, it marks the germ. 
You see, it 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 locks on it. When the, uh-huh. when the then you know what happens. Then the white cell comes and gets it. So to be protected, and I know the Chinese don't get enough of this. I this one, but I think you're right about the pollution. Uh, or the elderly don't get enough of the vitamin. You have to have your vitamin A. I can trace the cases to deficit of vitamin A. You have to have it. And I get it from the I get it from the polar power. I do, but I get it also from fatty fish and butter and cheese, eggs, that type of thing. Right. Now, the other thing I'm hearing about um, is licorice root uh, for, for coronavirus. Have yeah, you heard anything about licorice there's, root? There's two studies. One is on our work, which is exception, uh, which is, it's domineering. It's compelling. And then there's a nice study on licorice root, which shows it, it blocks the virus's replication. But the oregano is, is one you could rely on because it kills the virus. I keep saying that you have right, to right. kill it at least to, to shut down half of them or something. It's not enough to wait for the immune system or to kill it 90%, 95%, then you'll survive. You know, the 5% won't mean anything. Or go big guns and kill it 100%. And that'd be, you know, be done with it, no risks to you at all. Now, when I treated the one SARS case, definite case, I gave the person three capsules every half hour and 80 drops every half hour or so. That's a lot. That means we went through a bottle a day. Wow. And and the capsules, a bottle almost to see three capsules every hour, three times about, well, up up for 18 hours, about a half a bottle of that, a regress per day. The only way, otherwise she might've died. I don't know. You know, it's, is there, is there any, like if you have the coronavirus and you survive, yeah. Uh, are you likely to get it again? Less likely Not to get it again? really. You know, maybe you have a little immunity, but it's like the flu. If you get enough exposure, you you know, somebody wipes their snot on something, you you, you it's your, your eye, you get a fulminant case of it like that. Just no matter if you had immunity or not, you're going to get the case. So it's, that's just the bad, bottom line. You You take the oregano every day like you do in your family to protect yourself. And then if you did start coming down with something, you ratchet it up. All this fear and panic and pandemonium is because medicine has nothing. And it tells us they have nothing. So people are like, oh, my God, if I get this, I'll die. You know, so there's panic. They don't know that you don't have to get it at all. If you did get it, you kill it. So, again, the virus is a problem if you're not killing it fast. To, to prevent it from killing you. The other thing is people are, are uh, you see an, an, an awful lot of people walking around with surgical masks. Right. And we're being told that doesn't do any, any good because it can enter through the eyes. Enter uh, through the eyes uh, and mouth, uh, ears, uh, maybe get on your clothes or something and you don't notice something and they take your mask off. The mask would be good this way. Get some of this incredible paste This is what I'm going to do to Seattle. I think I'm going to actually wear one. What I'm going to do is I'm going to put this Arega Shield. That's the name. Uh, I don't know if it's in the market. I'll give you a website. Anyway, I'm going to take this. I rub it in the mask. And then the mask becomes a pleasant experience because I just put it there by the nose. I'm fumigating myself. The mask is doing me a good turn. 
Otherwise, the, you know, the fumes would dissipate into the air, but I'm locking those fumes, uh, hermetically sealing them in my face. Right, right. I'm going to do that on the plane. I don't like wearing masks on planes, but I'm going to do it this time. Um, but, but, but for people who are walking around with a, a mask and thinking it's going to prevent them from getting uh, influenza or coronavirus, it's giving them a false sense of security, false right? sense of security because they should be taking the oregano oil and then wearing the mask, maybe. Um, in China, the, the worker was wearing the mask, and he got it in his eyes, the, the doctor. And he got a mild case from ocular. And he, has, he had a pink eye, and it was because he was working with coronavirus victims. It seems to like at hammering the eyes. Uh, so unless you're wearing goggles and, uh, and mask, then there may be some protection. Right. But, uh, but you know, it's in, the, it's in the feces. So one of the issues with SARS was that this one guy infected 100 people because the flush toilet would flush up his, his diarrhea. Right, right. And and this is the problem now. It's in the hospitals, you see, and then this can they they take a diarrhea and then it goes up and hey, that's where that spray would come in handy, right? You know, you spray right, the right. toilet in there. Well, uh, and then the other problem is uh if it takes hold in a place like San Francisco, Los Angeles where they have these, these homeless uh that's the problem. Problem. Exactly. And Seattle. You got in America Seattle. if it if it hits Yes, Seattle too. If it hits the indigent, the immune compromised, the weak and the feeble, then we have this this horrible situation. I'll tell you another issue. If it gets into the pigs, if it gets into the pigs, which the American system is different than the Chinese system, and then it ferments in there, then it can go from them back to the humans. That will that will cause a pandemic in the United States. That's what happened in nineteen eighteen, by the way. Went from the humans to the pigs in this in that case, but it's you know it's, we don't know what's going to happen. America is America, and we have the free press at least. Um, so we talk. Are we about so this. genetically are we so genetically similar to pigs that that's yes. why you can cross? What do over? you use when your heart's failing? You get a pig valve. <laughs> true, true. Yes. What do you use? Uh, you know the the, the the pig insulin and pig uh, thyroid. We're so close. So he, the virus, she, she mutates to the pig and then comes right into the human and, and can get us. That's the situation. Nothing against the pigs. But then I'm not going to eat the pig. Yeah, that's just me. Right, right. Um, and I, you know, I don't want to get these. Did you know that you want to talk about something bizarre? That the U.S. government is quarantining all the soybean feed from China and running it through a massive sterilization uh, device at the border. The reason? The, the soybean meal contains Chinese B vitamins and Chinese minerals, right. and they are contaminated with coronavirus. Because ah. it's big gelatin. It's it, all big news in the farm industry. There's, that's why it hasn't broke out here is because they're taking all these precautions. But what happens when we eat the stuff? They're not sterilizing our vitamins, only for the pigs. You see, that's why I don't. I don't eat that. I don't take that stuff. Now, when you when you say pig gelatins, you mean the capsules are made from not gelatin, not just the capsules. Then they'll tell you on the label if it's beef or pork. They have to tell you. Right. But 
it's the they use the gelatin in the manufacture of the B vitamins that we're that are in the, on the shelf right now. They use it somehow. They use the gelatin in, as part of making their the minerals, the synthetic minerals that they produce. They right, use it right. to make their vitamin C. They make the vitamin C from corn, and whatever reason they're using pig gelatin. So now the ascorbic acid. So we think we're doing the right thing by ascorbic acid. We're not. We're doing the wrong thing. It's from corn, GMO corn. It suppresses our immune system. We think we've got security. You got to know what you're doing. I'm, that's why I'm writing the book. You have no idea. If you want to, you know, if you want to do vitamin C, you should be buying lemons, or you know, get this purely C, in which I use as a supplement along with the lemons and the oranges and the grapefruits. Don't be buying the synthetic C because it's from corn anyway. Um, right, right. And but but can you get enough vitamin C into you just? Eating citrus or drink, you know, because you'll you'll pee off the excess, won't you? No, it holds it holds nicely when you get it from the food. Only the synthetic one is dumping into the urines. You 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 do not get huge amounts, but you do get medicine. You get the limonenes, you get the citrus peel stuff, you get all sorts of nice sort of antiseptics from lemon and lime and oranges and grapefruit. So you're much better off with the loading up on organic fresh citrus right now and then there's the purely sea is coming from the amazon your your it's a canadian company we buy it from them the company in north american urban spice does a great job with that product it's got the Rus coriorea which is wild the camu camu which is wild acerola and rose hips and nothing else so you don't need a lot of vitamin c my friend just 200 percent, 300 percent of the rda is enough Okay, Cass, we're going to step away. We'll take another time out. Dr. Cass Ingram and uh, the Respiratory Solution, the cure is in the cupboard. Who needs headaches? Uh, Much, much more coming up on The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Stay with us. When in doubt, blame the government. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. He's known as the Wilderness Doctor, Dr. Cass Ingram, CassIngram.com, C-A-S-S, Ingram, I-N-G-R-A-M, CassIngram.com, and uh, the author of uh, over two dozen books, including The Respiratory Solution. He's working on a, a new one on uh, coronavirus. Other titles include The Cures in the Cupboard, The Black Seed Miracle, The Golden Root Miracle, The Hemp Oil Miracle, Natural Cures from Wild Tree Resin, The Infection Connection. What is The Infection Connection? Oh, I've been working on that one for about 15 years. I finally got it done. It's The Infection Connection to Cancer, Heart Disease, Diabetes, Arthritis, Fibromyalgia, Chronic Fatigue Syndrome, The Fungus Connection, and The Parasite Connection, Uh, and these... uh, these chronic diseases, you don't, you don't, you don't feel infected. You don't feel a fever or flu. So I outline how, how the, how the infection gets in there. You know, cancer is infectious. Did you know if you kill the infection, sometimes the tumors just, just die off. Yeah, it's mostly a fungus. You're saying cancer is a fungus, mostly. Yeah, there's good research on it. Been around there for about eighty years now that there's a fungal element, a ferment. And just we know that, and the studies are big. 
They've done the study in Long Island University, look it up, where they killed the prostate cancer cells with the oregano oil, where they did the Greeks killed colon cancer cells with it. Uh, the Turks, leukemia cells. I mean, leukemia cancer stuff. But anyway, it's a whole other subject, and it's in the book. This infection connection, this fungal connection, viral connection, vaccine connection to people getting sick. But it's stealth. That's what the book deals with, all these infections that you don't know, and you don't have a fever, so you don't go to the doctor, and you don't get an antibiotic. But your sickness is this infestation. That's kind of what it's about. Just getting back to the uh, the oregano oil, how do you... How do you tell if it's truly wild and if it's and because you like the high mountain grown oregano? Those are the yeah. two best, right? You know what uh, happened so how, was that it's the oregano P seven three is we know is the original uh, wild oregano oil. We both, you and I, both take it. They put some counterfeit out of Korea. It was counterfeit P seven three. They actually mocked the label and put a counterfeit out. So it's it's you got to buy it from a legitimate. Uh, reseller, like a health store, something like an iHerb. Go to oregano.com. That's the, that's the maker. Actually, you, you should go there and look at what they've got, oregano.com. If you want to see the research, you got to go to my site. They don't want to make any, any statement. You know, this is a treacherous slope when you deal with the coronavirus. It's a big pharmaceutical thing, and uh, you, know, you don't want to violate that system, right? So I can... I can say what I want. I'm an author. So I've got it on my uh, CassIngram.com. I have that data. CassIngram.com. And then for you know Oregano.com, you can see the real oregano. Then you could go shopping for it. But, you know, I, there's another thing. There's a corruption that occurred. Farm-raised oregano. It's growing in the mountains, right? The kind that, right. that we want. Now they're growing it all over the place. Texas, uh, Saskatchewan. BC, Greece, they're growing it on soil and selling it as wild oregano. Oh my God, I never thought that would happen when I popularized the idea of this. So you have to buy or beware, I guess, you know, avoid, right, avoid right. cheap imitations, whatever. But uh, it's an issue. You know? Now, just speaking generally about respiratory health, and I know we've talked about coronavirus and that obviously affects uh, the breathing. That's respiratory. But yes, and if, let me just so say, other things, if a person okay. gets a cough, shortness of breath, and fever, you better get checked out. That's what the three biggies there. Right, right. But just generally about supporting respiratory health, um, what are some of the other, I mean, we've talked about oregano, but there are some other, what about things Cinnamon, like clove right. and sage clove, and dill? A clove's not bad. Cinnamon's better. Cinnamon's an outright germicide. You have that, you can buy cinnamon powder and start having a teaspoon a day or two. Then you have cumin seeds. They're, we tested them at Georgetown University, we tested the oil, and it was, it was more effective than, than many wild plants. Cumin. Bay leaf. We should use more bay leaf in our stews because it's a germicide. Uh, clove's not bad. You could take the clove buds and make a tea. Lemongrass is pretty good. If you're a lover of lemongrass, it's a germicide. Garlic and onion are antiviral to a degree. Those are like the you know vitamin C we said. Those are the really major. Uh, sage, wild sage is pretty good. Thyme, you know, you can buy thyme in the marketplace, but it's not that powerful. The thyme oil might be, but 
we 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 do time oil a little cautiously. We like oregano oil; it's better. Uh, what about just cooking? Like if you're eating, if you're cooking it. Well, what growing... do you think is happening in Turkey? They have zero cases, and the Turks that went to China didn't get sick. They don't sit around like we do and take oregano oil under the tongue. They're eating it. <laughs> so their whole system is just infused with it. Oh yeah. And that we should be using these spices. It's one thing to spend 30 bucks in buying a supplement. We should probably do. But we could just go around and buy the best quality organic spices and start using more turmeric and more ginger, more cinnamon, more oregano, more uh, coriander, and be like uh, an Indian kitchen and really, really pound it. Um, now, that's interesting. I wonder. Um, I mean, in the... The Persians use a lot of spices, but it's taken a hold in Iran. Well, it's taken a hold of Iran. You know, they have a very they've got they've been weakened by all those sanctions. It was not a good thing to do, is to just punish somebody, just to punish them. And their system's got to be broken, you know, from all that. Uh, and I think that they uh, they had a lot of travelers going to China. I believe they did. And yeah, that it took hold of them. Right, that just happened. And what about but India? They don't. They don't, from they, don't they, they don't have the oregano there. That's the difference. Ah. Oregano is the, is, the, is the hammer. See, let me tell you something. We can talk about all these wonderful things, the C, the A, the, the spices, the cloves and things, a bit of cinnamon. But I tell you what, I'm not going to go to Seattle except on the wild oregano wagon. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I, mean, right. I know it'll work. I know I'm not going to get sick. I'm not going to get put in quarantine. You're not I'm going to not get about, this junk. You're not the, the slightest bit nervous about flying into Seattle where these two cases are. No, right. not, not even in the least. I'm so, I smell like somebody's fume. I smell like a pizza oven. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have so I gotta, much. I got to break uh, your cast. And, I, and I, before I go, I'm going to load up. I'll probably take three capsules of that Regress on the hour. I'll okay. take 80 drops on the hour, and I'll just bomb and bomb. There's, if I bomb myself, it's impossible for me okay, to get the coronavirus. I'll be melting it as on it goes. The other side. Now, it might go up my nose, but I'll melt it as soon as it does. Okay. Back with more in a moment. Stay with us. When in doubt, blame the government. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. Just a reminder, coming up in the second hour, just moments away, Sloan Bella, Hollywood psychic to the stars, medium, and uh, we'll get her to uh, weigh in on uh, her psychic impressions on a whole host of things, including coronavirus, uh, the death of uh, Kobe Bryant, uh, U.S. presidential elections, politics, much more. That's uh, Sloan Bella coming up in just moments. Cass Ingram, Dr. Cass, stays with us, and uh, his new book, well, it's in the works, uh, coronavirus. When is that set to hit the stands, Cass? should be in April, you know. Um, and it's like the coronavirus cause uh, and what to do, how to protect yourself, what to take. You know, I'll have some recipes on a, sort of an antiviral diet, but most of it's going to be what's causing it, you know, how this could affect us in the future. And then about well, one-third is what to do, what to take, the dosage, if you get it. If you do want to, you want to protect it. If you're going to travel, what diet, what supplements, what herbs, what you know, what what, and all these techniques. Now, just now, I I just look, I just stuck some of this. 
up the schnozzle of burning everything out. One of the big problems we have is our immune systems are down. Like you said in Wuhan, I have to put something in about the pollution. Um, the immune system's down because of fungus and fungal sinusitis. So I'm saying to clean that fungus out before you travel, to, you know, to kill the fungus in your body a bit. So your immune system is more robust. Right, right. The fungus is extremely suppressive to the immunological. So while we can try to boost it with a good diet and vitamin C and vitamin A, if the fungus is in there, we'll be vulnerable to pick up the viruses. That's kind of how it works. So, so the oregano would be around, to take as a, a preemptive. are walking around with respiratory ailments because they may not even know it, but they have like a mold problem in their basement, and they're breathing that stuff in all day, all night. Yeah. And so they're compromised, right? They're compromised. That black mold, if it gets into you, whether it's the kind of mold you get from the basement or what have you, you get the bronchitis, you get the sinusitis, you get the chronic cough, you get kind of a cold sensation, you don't feel good. It's extremely immunosuppressive. You know, and that, that, that's what they think happened with the Black Plague that killed, I don't know, was it 13, it killed like most of Europe or half of it or whatever. Right. Apparently they ate moldy, moldy food, moldy grain. Their immune system went down like a rock and bang, whatever happened, happened. Um, and that's what's happening now. People are not paying attention to their high sugar consumption. Like you said, their houses have mold. They get that suppression, and then a virus like this can kill them more easily. That's a fact. If you could clean that mold out, you could handle the virus like, I don't know, maybe five, ten times better. Yeah. So if, if you're consuming too much sugar, you're feeding the mold. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, if you eat one teaspoon of white sugar like people would put in a coffee or tea, right? it's equal to one billion yeasts would grow in, say, at two hours or three hours in your blood and in your organs, one billion of them. So if you wow. ate uh, a donut and had 10 teaspoons or a cake you know, with frosting, you'd have 10, 15 billion, not million, yeasts. Well, if you have bread, it doesn't do anything, but you have to add yeast and sugar and it blows up. You know, that's kind of what happens to us. Right, right. Yeah. Amazing. So if you have respiratory problems, cut out the sugar. You have to cut out the sugar. You have to cut out the refined foods. You have to look at those, those like processed sugary things as poison. And then I'd get on the oregano. I'd get on the, the P73 edible oil. You know it's good. Uh, and maybe this oregoresp, we know how, how powerful it is. Maybe... One-two punch, or at least oil of oregano. Now, I want to tell you something else. There's something called a hydrazole of oregano that's only a cheap product, uh, 15, 20 bucks or something. And that's exceptional for chronic cough. So if I had a hospital where I was treating Wuhan victims or whatever, I would also give them the oregano water, oregano juice it's called, and have them drink an ounce three times a day or put it in their nasogastric tube or what have you. Uh, something to think about. If you're having cough and it's stubborn, it won't go away. You might add that. Right. But that's right. enough, you know. But, so, Cass, they call you the wilderness hunter, the wilderness doctor, rather, the wilderness yeah. doctor. Uh, so, share with me um, one of your, your, your recent adventures. Where are you? Well, oh, the last was in Canada when I found the, the spruce resin. I wrote the book, The Natural Cures from Tree Resins. 
Spruce and I was in the fall, and I couldn't find much, so I went to the trees, and I asked them some questions, and they showed me the resin, like a native guy. And uh, they sh- and, and I said, the resin is good. I'm going to peel some off. And I started chewing on it. I said, I just feel so good. I woke up at 2 in the morning and cleaned up my, my little cabin. <laughs> I felt great. And the next day, about 4 in the morning, so I said, there's something in this. Then I made a an extract. And I gave it to some people. You know, the natives say that the spruce tree is like holy. And uh, I learned from my aboriginals that the spruce is good for psoriasis. But now some of them are saying cancer. So I gave it Mm. to a guy with a terrible cancer. It helped him a lot. He had a PSA of 800. It went down to to 4. From 800 to 4, he went into remission. He wanted to write... He wanted to... He was an artist, so he wanted to do a statue of me. And I said, don't be doing any statues. Paint a spruce tree, you know, and send it to me. I'll hang it on my wall. Uh, I mean, the guy, he went, he's all right. There's so so many different types of spruce. There's, you know, so which... I don't know. It was like a planted spruce in Canada. They planted it in seven... It's like a blue spruce. They planted it in the 70s. And they've become huge. So I just harvested... That now the wild spruce, the black spruce, the any wild spruce in the boreal forest would be huge. If you had the cancer and you went out there and chipped it off, just be good, at, you know, nice to the tree, and you chewed on it. It has to be raw. If you heat it, you lose a lot of that, and you just keep. So chewing is that what on they it. do? They chew, chew it like a gum. You could chew on it like a gum and swallow it. You could try to make it into a tea, uh, but that's the heat thing, though. But they now on my website it has a, a spruce extract in the bottle, all raw. It's called Spruce Alive. Odd name, but it makes you feel alive. Spruce Alive drops under the tongue, so you could do it that way if you don't have access to the bush or something. And uh, yeah. So is anyone studying this? Not in the university. Just in Finland. In Finland, they found that it eliminates like lesions, like bed sores or or ulcers or wounds, they keep putting it in there, and the, the, it's a regenerative. Think about this. The tree is going to live 300 years whether you like it or not. So if you hit it with a chainsaw, it just looks at itself and says, hey, we got an issue. So it sends out its intelligence in the resin, not the sap, the resin. And the resin seals it, and the tree lives to be 200, 300 years. You can't kill it unless you cut it down. So... That intelligence, you want that. You want to take that. You want to take that under the tongue. You want to, if you're a bushman, you want to get that. If you have a sickness, diabetes, heart disease, cancer, uh, and skin diseases. I had a woman who had dermatitis. And this is the Canadian product again. It's the Spruce Alive. She had dermatitis for 30 years. She's a hairdresser. The stuff reversed it. She has perfect skin. She had nothing but cracked, horrible skin. Her whole life was ruined. Because she's a hairdresser. You know, the chemicals from all that. Right, right. That, and that, is, is, so. is it taken as a topical as well, or is it Yes, there's a Bruce Cream, case history, great. I had a guy, no, I had a woman, 85 years old, with a skin cancer. I mean, I don't want to make claims, but her, her mother runs, a, her daughter runs a health food store. So she gets this Spruce Cream. You can see it on the website. She puts a dollop on. A week later, it... She had this stupid lesion from, for, for months, years. It went away. She sent me the pictures, finished. 
I said, well, I got to study this. What's this going to do to people? We don't even know. We're in the infancy. Nobody's been doing anything with tree medicines other than Jachaga. Right, right. Natural cures from wild tree resins. You know, the richest country in the world was the Queen Sheba. She was trading in the the tree resins back then. You see? There you go. Cass, we are out of time, my friend. But uh, in the meantime, we'll direct them to CassIngram.com. Uh, there they'll find, as I say, over two dozen books, including the Lyme disease cure. We'll be back into Lyme uh, disease season yeah. soon. Uh, Doctor's Wild Guide to Wild Oregano, uh, the Black Seed Miracle, the Cures in the Cupboard, the Hemp Oil Miracle, the Golden Root Miracle, that's turmeric, the Infection Connection, the Respiratory Solution, and uh, coming out in April, uh, yeah. a book, a brand new book on coronavirus. And let's go out to the bush sometime. We've been you missing it, out in, on uh, lifestyle. You know, okay, my friend. Thank yeah, you. Bye-bye. All the best, Cass. Cass Ingram, <laughs> he slams the phone down. I always think he's going away mad. No, he's just busy. He's going to get right back to writing that book. When we come back, the sexy psychic, that's what she calls herself. I'm not being sexist here. She is the sexy psychic, no question. Sloan Bella from L.A. will be here, right here on The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serra. Stay with us. Live. From Toronto, Canada, Earth, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett on Zoomer Radio. Thanks for inviting me into your home. Long haul truck, RV, camper, taxi. Your parents' well-appointed rec room with the simulated wood paneling, electric fireplace, and the painting of dogs playing poker. Your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. A big hello to all of you listening in on our flagship station, AM 740, 96.7 FM, Zoomer Radio here in Toronto. How do, how do to those of you tuning in on one of our wonderful affiliate stations across North America. And hiya to those streaming us live on ZoomerRadio.ca uh, and those streaming us on my YouTube channel, Strange Planet. Those streaming us on the Zoomer Radio app. However and wherever you're listening, I bid thee the warmest of welcomes, and I thank you for your fine company. The sexy psychic Sloan Bella is here, standing by to give her psychic impressions of coronavirus, the death of Kobe Bryant, the U.S. elections, just to name a few. And um, we're not able to take some uh, phone calls. Uh, We're not able to take phone calls. What we're going to do is take, if you're in the YouTube uh, live chat, we'll take your questions uh, in the YouTube live chat. And then uh, Ryan will relay those to me, my live stream producer. So again, unfortunately, uh, we're not able to take calls tonight over the phone, but we will take your questions over uh, or through the live, uh, the YouTube chat room. Uh, Just a quick programming note. Next week on the program, more on coronavirus uh, with John Rappaport. He'll be here in hour one. And then uh, the return of... Brooks Agnew, the entrepreneur inventor who's trying to organize an Arctic expedition in search of an opening into the interior of our hollow earth. That's uh, Brooks Agnew next week, along with John Rappaport. All right. Sloan Bella has uh, been psychic since, uh, well, birth, really, and uh, went on to uh, uh, to work with uh, street kids uh, during a period when she lived on the street in Toronto and uh, moved to L.A. and and now is uh, a psychic to the stars, really. 
and she's got a very, a very popular YouTube site of her own. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Sloan Bella, welcome aboard. How are you? Hi, Richard. How are you? I'm good. It's super sure. late for you, huh? Well, I'm used to it. I'm used to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad what, it's not me. I'm good over here. Yeah. What have you been up to lately? It's been a while. I know. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I have a Canadian story for you. So I started off this morning hiking in Mount Wilson, which is above Pasadena. Started in the sun, went eight miles up to the top of the mountain, and it was snowing at the top. And I thought, this was for you, Canadian snow. Even though it was 80 yesterday, and we went down to 35, and we had snow up there this morning. But I immediately thought of you in Toronto. You know, memories. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So, um, just for those people who don't know your your story, just tell us a little bit about how you ended up on the street in Toronto. Well, um, I was just turning. I just turned fourteen, and I basically ran away from home and didn't go back. So that's my life. Kind of took its own journey from that point, uh, which I'm super grateful for actually at this point in my life, mid mid to late, whatever, heading towards senior status here. But I'm super happy for that because it really showed me in a metaphysical way what I was here to do as opposed to kind of how I was being groomed to do things in life. So I was very um, fortunate, even though it seemed unfortunate, to A, not have been hurt beyond repair, and also to have learned so many valuable lessons on the street and with people and so many psychic experiences, because people who live on the street, especially kids, teenagers, runaways, young people, they have to be so aware. It's a survival instinct. So it really heightens and sharpens your skill. So for me, it was amazing. And I guess the people I met were, you know, not, not quote, I don't know. Um, they were the, the underbelly of society in a lot of ways. But in a lot of ways, I was very protected and was able to see things in a psychic way about a person's soul, not what was presented on the outside. So to me, that was very valuable in the work that I do and right. have done for the rest of my life. And, and when you were on the street and you were, you know, you were befriending uh, prostitutes, uh, would you warn them? I mean, don't get in that car because you're not coming back? That happened many times, actually, yes. I would tell them, you know, maybe stick to this side of town or don't go out tonight. Um, I had one incident, actually, in Los Angeles when I first got here where I had a stripper friend that was going to date a club owner. It's a true story. We're going to date a club owner, and I was doing a reading and looking up their charts and doing, you know, doing this, whether they would get along. And he owned another strip club up by the airport. Anyway, she was going out on a date with him. She's been dating him a couple of times. And I got the worst feeling, and I was like, no, you don't need to be going out with him. Just tell him you're sick and wait like a couple of days. And I didn't think she'd listen to me. She listened to me, and he was actually gunned down in the limo that night with the other guests that he was wherever they were going and whatever kind of uh, partying they were doing, uh, I later found out his business partner had shot him and the other people, I guess the driver and there were other girls in the car. She would have been in that car with him. And so I didn't know that it was going to be a murder per se, but I knew that I felt really like 
overwhelmingly physically sick to my stomach. So I told her, I don't think you should go. And she actually listened, which is rare because most people don't listen when you, you know, when, I mean, they do, but they don't, you know, we all have to test the waters ourselves. Right, right. So that, is, that, yeah. is that how you get impressions? It's a physical feeling or is it a mental image? Do you see something bad happening or is it always kind of like a physical reaction, like a pain in your stomach? Uh, it's truly all. It it depends. I can tell you at different points in my life, it changes. Uh, the crazier I am, so we'll just say when I was younger um, and more, you know, no, no rules whatsoever and no structure and probably doing more drugs and more drinking, and I'm talking under the age of 20, I was extremely open. So, you know, uh, people would come through my energy field. I would see them. It would be like a double movie theater. I would see one sort of image going on over here, another image going on over here. Um, but as I got older and sort of pushed away from that, I, I, it depends on what and whom I'm speaking with, how I receive the information. I'm very clear audience, so I hear chatter in my head all day long. And no, I'm not crazy, but I do hear it. So I kind of repeat what I'm hearing. So if you ask me a question, I just get the first thing off the top of my head. But I will get images and I will look at people and see things and I see it in terms of feeling it. So I look at them and I kind of see the images go through my head quickly and then my body has a response to those images. So I kind of combine it. And it really depends on, I guess, how I'm feeling. I've been told that when I have, you know, when I'm sick or I have a fever that my readings are really on point. And I think because there's no logical barrier there, I'm not trying to... I'm just trying to get the people away from me probably so I can go back to sleep. <laughs> it's probably right. that simple. <laughs> yeah. Right. Now you mentioned being on the street and I don't know if you said that you imbibed or occasionally experimented with drugs or alcohol, but oh, yes. as mm-hmm. someone who is psychic and you're, and you're, you know, you've got this, you're this conduit. You're, so you're already open. Do you risk, does a psychic person risk some sort of psychic harm by, by taking drugs or alcohol because you're already open, but now you're opening yourself up even more. In other words, should psychics in particular avoid drugs and alcohol? Well, in my opinion, I definitely feel that they should. Often they will take drugs and alcohol to tone down what they feel in their day-to-day life. But what happens, and with all people, actually all people should avoid this, and especially hallucinogenics, although I must say when I was younger, I had great fun with those. But psychic people go right out of their body. So I can take no medicine now. So if I have a toothache and I take, I will take like a children's Tylenol. I take children's doses. So it says child's on the, on the canister, whatever. I'm out of my body in a second. I'm hallucinating in a second. I mean, I take it for the pain. And I'm out of my body. I'm literally telepathically talking to people who think I'm insane because they're talking to me. And I think I'm answering them, but I'm not. It's very dangerous. It opens up your auric field. It opens up your energy field. And it's like opening your front door. So anything can kind of come in. They can't necessarily take you over fully, but they can open your front door and pop their head in and attach themselves to your energy field. And if you do enough drugs over years, this is why you will see people who are, say, heroin addicts or meth addicts or whatever, people that continually take things day in and day out, even the weed smoking, the pot smoking, day in and day out, 
they will attract and have things attached to their energy field and they won't even know it. They won't even know who they are because they're compulsive in their behavior and the compulsion is coming from the other energies or entities, whatever you want to call them. And, and sometimes they are hitchhikers. I tell a story of a young um, kid. I was probably 25 at the time and he was probably 20 and I was reading him and he was a pot smoking, um, I think cocaine snorting drinking person uh, but he was coming for readings and he was trying to get sober, so, seriously. And I don't know what that has to do with psychic readings, but this is what he chose to do. So he was coming and coming for readings. And one day when I looked at him, I saw a woman come through kind of behind him. And it was almost like a, just like a watered down version behind a screen, so like an apparition. And she was like holding his arm as he walked in. And he had told me that he was starting to hang out with men as sexual partners but he'd only ever been straight before and he couldn't understand where this was coming from, but he was still doing the drugs. And this woman that I saw next to him was actually a woman that had died of a drug overdose from what I could pick up. And she had attached herself to his energy because he was out on the street. And she was the one who had been the female prostitute looking for male partners and was living vicariously through his body energy. That goes on all the time, whether people want to believe it or not. It does go on. It's not to the extreme of the movie The Exorcist, but the reason that movie and the Catholic Church does allocate money is because these things happen. There are barnacles in the energy world that attach to the human form when we allow our, 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 our guard down. So no, a psychic person, and actually most people should keep their body defenses up because if you have depression, if you have sadness, if you have even things like postpartum depression, your body's energy field is opening up and anything can come in through that front door. And you may not even be aware of it. Half the time, people don't even know what their own thoughts are. They think it's their own thoughts when they're depressed. It's not. It's other people's energy on them. So you have to get very clear with how and who and what you think as a person. So, and, and when you're taking drugs, that's not necessarily a good thing. I mean, like you can't focus. So yeah, are we talking about a spiritual or even perhaps even a demonic oppression or possession here? Oh, absolutely. Are you kidding? The heroin addicts are a prime example of that. Yeah, they go right out of their bodies. And once you've been out of your body too long, once you've vacated your house, you end up with squatters. That's just a way that I can explain it to your audience in an easy way. Obviously, they're not like literally squatters, but they are in an energetic sense. Absolutely. They come in because remember, not everybody... Whether people think so or not, and I, I can't even, I can't debate it because I can't prove it scientifically and I can't prove the existence of what I do or God or anything else, but I can tell you from my experience, because I've seen people and I've talked to them and I've seen this my whole life, and then when I'm talking to these people that are dressed like you and I and they're going to their legit jobs with their legit education and they've got their families and I will see an energy of, I'll call it a shapeshifter, come right out of their energy field and try to scare me off when I'm talking to them. I've actually seen, I've seen that stuff my whole life, not with every person I walk by, obviously, but it is out there and it's getting more and more prevalent now because as a society, we think it's okay to take all of these mind altering substances. There's a reason that you want to keep your, your body clear. It's so you can, you can align your own strength and power, and then you can be a warrior on the planet for your truth or your belief system. And that's extremely important. 
but we are distracted by these other things. People, even, even sex addiction, I mean, look at sex addiction. You're out there, you're yep. sleeping with however many people. You're bringing all our energy into your, you know, body energy, even if it's fun. doesn't matter whether it's fun or not, but that's what you're doing. And what about the, the television schedule now is just almost completely taken over by a paranormal, supernatural. There's a show on now, uh, I think on Netflix, called Lucifer. All of this stuff. When, I mean, I believe this, I don't, but I, I'd like to get your take. When you watch this stuff, all of these horrible uh, horror, horror movies and, and so forth, are you inviting that stuff into your life? I think you are. Oh, I agree with you with that. I mean, probably not if you watch one horror film. Probably not. I mean, you know, one time or whatever. But what you're, what they're doing is they're, they're getting you desensitized because you're told that it's fake and you're told that it's not true. This is a form of sigil magic. And what I mean by that is it's something that they present to the public because remember, we're all a bunch of cattle. This is how I feel they feel about us. I don't know who the they is when I'm saying that, by the way, the powers that be, but they present all of these things. And so suddenly when it starts happening to you in your own life, you're not, who's going to believe you? Oh, you just watched too many horror films. Oh, you just did this. And TV is used very often as a way of hypnotic suggestion to those that watch it. This is why you see people in, 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 in kindergartens and old folk homes just sitting there staring at the TV. It's very hypnotic. It's hypnotic suggestion. It's brain programming. It's subconscious. It's, it's telling you what's going on if you pay attention. And also the Lucifer show, although it is well-written and, and edgy and all of those things, that is who rules the earth plane. We have a tremendous amount of uh, people who partake in that, in Luciferian belief systems on this planet. The earth is not God's realm, it's Lucifer's realm. That's right. So that's, that's right. what's going on. The t- everything is reflecting that. We have, I mean... You've got kids, I've got kids, your kids are littler, but imagine between you and I, relatively the same age, and our kids, and if they have to grow up now watching these things on social media, I mean, it's a wonder that anybody is going to do well in this society because we are all taught we are not enough. And we are all taught there's only really two things that matter. If you're good looking, apparently if you have a Kardashian butt, and if you have money. If you don't have these things, you don't count. You are not valuable. That's what's being presented us, presented to us, and it's taking away our spiritual focus. We are spiritual beings in the human body, which you know, but it's focusing on the mundane world. So people are, believe it or not, even if they think they're joking, they are selling themselves so they can have something, and they're stupid in my opinion and the whole world is doing this they got tv shows about it you got people doing reality tv shows where they're going to marry somebody sight unseen what the hell is that i mean right, it, right. it's not it's like constantly it's debasing the culture we're debasing <laughs> our humanity yes. well again and there you are you're a, a spiritual warrior you're living right in the midst of all of this it's churning this stuff out how do you survive oh That is such a good question. I have an answer for you. I couldn't figure it out. Like I began to think like, am I a hypocrite? Am I, you know, what the heck is wrong with me? Because I should actually want to run from this. And I had two very close friends say to me, the world, 
the energy, the universe is about balance. So when we're talking karma, we're talking balance. And I said, so why am I in these circumstances that are so opposite of who I believe myself to be? And they said, well, because when one team puts their players out on the chessboard, the other team has to put their players. It is the balance to their balance or the counterbalance. That is what I am. So I'm not worried anymore. I don't worry about being, you know, hurt or killed or, you know, I do get a lot of threats when I do certain videos. People start threatening me either overtly or passive aggressively or whatever they're doing with their stuff. I meet people when I'm out running. This doesn't bother me because I've been told that I'm strictly the counterbalance or the opposition to them. And I have as much right to be there as they do. So I stand up in, in, I don't even want to say in the light, but I stand up as a warrior working, in my opinion, under God, okay? So I'm protected on that level, and they stand up for their God, which is different than my God. And it's just to let their God know that I'm here on this side, and it's the way it is. You've got two teams, or you've got ten teams. I'm standing on my side. That's that's actually what it is. They're always going to put you in, a, in alignment with the opposite so that there is um, a balance or counterbalance to a situation. It's not ever one-sided. It's always dual. It's dual. So that's what's going on. That's my understanding. I didn't understand. Hollywood psychic Sloan Bella is with us. SloanBella.com and uh, the YouTube channel is uh, just Sloan Bella, correct? Sloan Bella? It is. Yes, it is. Thank you. Yes. And what do we find on the YouTube channel? Oh my gosh. You find a bunch of stuff on the YouTube channel. Um, This, well, there's crystal stuff and astrology stuff, but basically I'm connecting to the energy of people, I guess you could say dead celebrities or dead musicians, and people ask me all the time, why is it just famous people? Because if I said I was going to connect to my grandmother, none of y'all would care. So <laughs> I do it to, with public figures or circumstances um, so that people will watch it. Because if I just do a whole thing about people that nobody knows right. personally, you know this, no one's watching. Um, well, gotta, but, gotta break away. When we come back, I'll okay. talk to you about, I'll talk to you about uh, Kobe Bryant. And yes. also people are lining up in the, the YouTube uh, chat with uh, questions. We'll get to right to that in uh, just a moment. Sloan Bella, my guest right here on the conspiracy show. Stay with us. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Welcome back, Sloan Bella, Psychic to the Stars, SloanBella.com. That's S-L-O-A-N, Bella, B-E-L-L-A, SloanBella.com. And uh, check out her YouTube channel, Sloan Bella. Uh, my gosh, you're approaching 100,000 subscribers, I think, 70, 80, something like that. Yeah, mid seventies, I think. Yes, it's just it's going really well. Who knew? I didn't know. Fantastic. <laughs> I had no idea, but it's going good. Yeah. Well, we lost uh, Kobe Bryant, NBA legend, uh, in uh, January. What happened? Do you think? I mean, what 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 do your psychic uh, abilities tell you about what really went down there? Okay, so I just did this video yesterday, and I was hesitant because you know, and you especially know in sports that um, if you mention anything about Kobe and it's not exactly the way the fans want to hear it, they come after you, okay? So he has a huge fan base. But what I got, which is really interesting, and I, I worked on the energy. I did not actually connect with him. So I worked on the energy around the whole thing. 
And I actually believe, and I'm laughing because it sounds a little bit ridiculous because it was foggy that morning. I got up and I did the same run I did this morning. But I can tell you the fog was clear at about 3,000 feet because when I got up there, I could see all the way across the valley to where he was because it's a direct shoot across. And I could see above that. So I'm not sure why the helicopter would have crashed in that low-level fog. If you're in a car, yes. But if you're coming down into it, it didn't make sense to me. But that's besides the point. What I did pick up is that there was a very specific um, magnetic pole that took the helicopter down. So I saw an inverted triangle or like the wide part of a triangle um, underneath the helicopter and the pointy part of the triangle headed down into the ground. So I believe it crashed. And I would have to know the actual latitude and longitude of where it crashed, and I do not know that, obviously. But there was a specific reason for it crashing there, and there was some sort of magnetic force that pulled it down into the ground. And I do believe that Colby and his daughter were under the impression, I'm not sure about the daughter, I didn't even pick up on that energy, but Colby for sure was part of a mindset or a belief system that this life here and I don't disagree with it, was just temporary and that due to what he did here, he would be given, much like the Egyptians, great success on the other side. He actually believed that. Now, I don't know him personally, and I didn't even watch the Lakers. My kid did, but I didn't. One of my kids, actually both. Um, but anyway, one was a huge fan. Um, but I got that he was under that belief system. So I'm pretty sure from what I felt, that this was orchestrated on some level. Now, I don't know if he opened this up in his own way or even if he knew about it, but somebody definitely did because I saw the magnetic force and him and his daughter were going to, and I heard the words recolonate. I have no idea what that means. I just assumed that they were going to cross over into the afterlife. And I was shown an image of like the Egyptians in their, in their coffins or whatever they call those with the cat. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, protecting all their goods as they walked through the dimensions into the next life. And I actually believe that this is what was going on. This was the belief system. But here's what I also understand. I also, and I could not pick up on, I couldn't actually connect in, hook in to Colby's energy. So this was around the circumstance. Um, the pilot, when I focused on his energy, I saw him flying the helicopter and I saw him stuck almost like um kind of reminded me of the movie groundhog day where you keep doing the same thing over and over again with and you can't get the results you want so it's almost like his body froze and he couldn't get the result that he wanted so he was trying to move but caught in some kind of an energy field where he keeps kept repeating a movement but the movement didn't lead to action is what i saw he was not drugged um, I believe Colby told him to fly the plane. So, and I believe that he got clearance to fly the plane. I don't believe anyone uh, told him not to. Helicopter. Oh, helicopter. Yeah. Pardon me. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I keep saying plane. Helicopter. Flying machine. Helicopter. Sorry. Yeah. I, and I literally believe that this was not the pilot's error, actually. Um, I see him struggling to do something, but can't get his brain or his body to do it. So it's almost like, um, I'm sure he wasn't drugged, but sometimes people take drugs where they're, it, it renders them unable to move, but they look like they're awake, but they can't do what they want to do. It almost feels like that to me, like, a, like something that was slightly paralytic in his thinking is what I got. And I saw that. And then there was, I, 
was looking around and it's interesting because I feel like as the helicopter, as this incident is happening, I feel as though truthfully, and I'm going to have a lot of haters on this. I literally feel like on some level, Kobe thought he was going to cross out of this realm and cross into the next space and be able to start something different and bring his family over after. So I don't feel like he was trying to, uh, you know, leave the family, leave the earth that way. I feel like he'd been promised an exploratory role somewhere else, but this is the trickery that goes on. This is what he bought into it. I feel like his family was of this religion. I feel like they practiced the religion we're talking about, which I'm going to say is Luciferianism. I did get that, and I do feel it. I don't know well, how overtly known that was. Because I've got a, um, uh, in the YouTube chat room, Joshua asks, mm-hmm. Uh, did Kobe Bryant sell his soul to the devil? And is that why he referred to himself as the Black Mamba? Well, I believe he did. And again, I'm going to say this to everybody out there. I don't believe, okay, I don't believe you can sell your soul legit because I believe it belongs to God. That's my personal belief, okay? However, you can be tricked out of this life. And when you cross out of this life, you are really left to your yourself on the other side, you do not get what was promised because you fell for the trickery. But it is my understanding on this level that those great levels of wealth and the things he said, it was obvious. I mean, it's obvious to me that he sold out. Yes. It's all, I mean, you, you just, it, it, did you look at his children's books? I mean, it's, they're full of sigil magic and they're full of, you know, repetition and it's worded in a certain way, but what the heck is that about? Like, why are people reading this to their children? But they're not educated about it, so they just think it's a book from Colby. Yes, I do think he sold out. That may be mean, and I'm not saying even his family was aware of it, and I'm sure he went to some sort of traditional church. I think it was Catholic. I think he did that. You know, debatable, but I do feel it, yeah. Everything in his behavior showed it. Yeah. Okay, now, here's something that's always puzzled me and it's predictive programming because you're mm-hmm. um you may be aware of this cartoon called legends of chamberlain heights and yes. there was an episode uh this was from i think 2017 they they recently pulled it off comedy central this t- this uh, episode but it actually depicted again it's a cartoon it depicted kobe bryant in a helicopter dying in a fiery crash what's going on there Okay, that's so interesting. That's part of the sigil magic, okay? That's what that happens. Um, they present it to us so we get used to the idea. And it could be it could be something as well, okay, let's just let's just take it away from Kobe for a second. Look at those commercials, those dumb commercials they have on TV where you have some guy, this always cracks me up, some guy in his forties, good looking guy, and he's like, Do you have you know, problems with your masculinity and your function, you know, it's your age. And they're like in their forties and totally healthy looking. That is telling men right there that they're going to not be able to do things that men do in life. It's predictive programming. This is the same thing. This is letting us know, getting us used to the idea that this is going to happen. They are also because of karmic law. This is my understanding from the work I've done in the past 35 years and meditation and prayer and what I've been taught by people and my guides and people on earth. My understanding is they have to let us know hidden in plain sight. They have to let you know because they can't just come out and not do it. So they, 
presented prior to it happening. They are also letting Kobe know what's going to happen. They're building up. I'm sure he knew, but I have been in arguments this week with people in my family, mainly, who say, well, he flew on a helicopter every day. Of course, he was going to crash. And I'm like, no, not of course. It's very specific. And once he finished his game, I think in 2016, he ended his his career with injuries. So he basically wasn't of use. He becomes of use as a marketing ploy after his passing. And they can continue to prostitute off this and pimp out his image for years to come, which they did with the wake. You know, I'm sorry. What are you charging his fans for for that? I have a real problem with that. But that tells me all I need to know about the circumstance. And if you're right, raising right. money for the fa- families that died, raise money. But but all those coaches make billions. So why can't they give their money? Why are the fans giving their money? I don't get it. But, yeah, there is predictive programming. You're exactly right. Plus, they were letting letting everybody know what was going to go on. And they expect us just to buy into this. And they always say art imitates life. That's a bunch of BS. They put it out there, and then they go ahead and pull the trigger on it. That's what they do all the time. I mean, look at The Simpsons or, or Family Guy or um, the other show. Sure, oh, sure. Funny. Predictive programming yeah. examples, it's just, it's it's endless, the examples. Uh, so in other words, it works the other way around. It's life imitating uh, art, not art imitating life. So yeah, exactly. we'll take another time they, out. We'll come back. i got to talk to you about the, uh, the yeah. coronavirus and uh, oh, yeah. much more. And we've got uh, tons of questions coming in on the uh, the YouTube live chat. Back with more right here on The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Stay with us. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. We are back with Sloan Bella, Psychic to the Star, or SloanBella.com, and on YouTube, Sloan Bella. And in our YouTube chat, uh, we have some more questions. Before I ask you about coronavirus, Dallas Duchess wants to know how you release the energy after you channel someone. First of all, what does that mean, release the energy after you channel someone? Well, let's look at it this way. I think we can all understand this analogy, but if you um, if you are physically sexual with someone, you probably get up and take a shower after or at some point to get the feel of that connection off of you. When you channel somebody, you take on their energy. It's not a physical sensation, but it can become such. And I have a ritual that I do, ritual behaviors, I guess you call them rituals, I don't ever go into my bed without taking a shower first, and I shower with coconut oil and um, Himalayan pink salt, and I uh, I shower, I don't bath in it. I scrub my body down really lightly, I'm not trying to hurt my skin, but I scrub the energy off, because salt purifies and coconut oil cleanses, and I'm also an avid, you know, mountain runner. I basically go out in nature before I read every day. So that is something I do seven days a week all the time, not in a gym, not around people. And then I do the salt bath. And then of course you do the usual, you light the sage, you cleanse your house. I stack crystals in my bras. I use tourmaline. I use obsidian. I use lapis. I use all kinds of things. And I stick them in my shirt, my pants, my shoes, everywhere I can. Knapsack purpose. And um, my jewelry is all crystals to block other people's energy. 
And that's what I do to release it. But mainly I just do that. I meditate before I get out of bed in the morning and then I go straight out into nature. That's how I do it. And I eat properly. I don't drink. I don't do drugs. And that's just how, and I get, try to get enough sleep. That's really what I do. All right. Excellent. Now, coronavirus. What, what, uh, what can you tell me about this outbreak? Is it, I mean, some people are saying it's all hype. Other people are saying it's a bioweapon. Other people are saying it was released, it was weaponized, but released by accident. What, what, what can you tell us? I do feel it's a bioweapon. I do feel it was released not by accident on purpose. I am not afraid of it. I actually think it hit Los Angeles before Christmas. I think people had it here. They just thought it was the respiratory thing that was going around because that exact description was going around here. If you're healthy, you're not going to die from it. You're more apt to die from the flu. As you know, what is it, 18,000 people or something have died this year from the flu um, or whatever. There's a, You have to actually check the exact statistics of that. But I believe the coronavirus is a distraction. The way that now we have elections coming up, I think it's this week. Um, we have a focus on everybody getting sick and stopping all kinds of things and let's just shut everything down. It puts you into fear. Negative energy feeds the demonic side of society, however you want to word that. The entities, the mean people, the nasty girls, whatever. It's fear mongering. Even if there is an illness and it's been released, there's nothing you and I are going to do about it. I mean, common sense, wash your hands, you know, don't pick your nose in public, don't touch handrails. I mean, these are all common sense things that when you have little kids, you tell them not to do that. And it's a distraction from other things. And I believe it's actually a distraction. I'm going to sound like a nut. I never thought I'd be this person, but I believe it's a distraction from the impending 5G that they're going to start putting up everywhere. I believe they are distracting us with symptoms so that people can pin it on that. It's your typical bait and switch. It's, oh, look, you're getting the symptoms from this. It doesn't make sense to me in any way. It doesn't feel right. I'm not afraid of it. I don't really think there's going to be a pandemic. I feel like they say that all the time. Oh, there's going to be a pandemic. And I also feel they want to vaccinate, but you know that they want to do this because We've gotten into a society where they want to vaccinate everybody before you even go into school. You don't have a choice or say so in your body that way, but you do in every other way. So they're going to, the pharmaceutical companies are going to win. And I feel like it's already done. And I just posted a picture on Facebook where it said coronavirus on the Lysol wipe down things, the yellow wipey bottle things. And I'm like, okay, so this is a different strand. So it's like a different strand of the flu. Meanwhile, they keep vaccinating us, which I believe is part of, if you're familiar with David Icke, but it's part of the whole Agenda 21 or depopulating of the planet, which is really none of their business, what we choose to do and how many kids we have. But that's what they want to stop. They want to render us like cattle and in servitude. That's what I believe this is about. So I believe it's a whole, I'm not saying the disease doesn't exist. I believe it exists. But really, quite frankly, when I'll just speak for Los Angeles, we have people who are going to the bathroom on the streets and there's typhus downtown. Like I won't go downtown because I'm more out to catch something down there than I am to catch the coronavirus. I mean, seriously, really, quite frankly, two people have right. died in the United States. What's the, I mean, so what's all the, the big hoopla? More people probably have syphilis running around. I mean, or whatever typhus from downtown LA and this rat infested. I mean, there were city workers getting poisoned last year and there were lawsuits going on about that. We don't hear of that, but we hear about this coronavirus. 
So it is, a- it is a designed, it is patent, um, it is connected to the government. They want to corral us through fear, which you can never be afraid because if you're going to die, you're going to die. And that's what's going to happen. You can only do the best you can do. We all die. So how big a deal is it? It isn't really. So don't fall for the fear. They feed off our fear. So I refuse to be afraid about it. And there's only two people that have died. So intellectually, that doesn't, what, what is all this commotion about? Uh, Phil in the YouTube chat is asking, will the virus disappear once spring comes around? Oh, good question. Um, I feel it'll be gone by the end of this year. So I feel it'll be gone more around November time frame. But I don't even think that, I, I honestly think people have already had it. And maybe they just thought they had the flu. I, I really do. I think more people have probably had it than they're saying. And But I think it'll be gone by the end of this year to answer that question. All right. And there'll be another yeah. one to follow behind it. Okay, we're, uh, we're going to take a time out. When we come back, we'll get to more questions in our YouTube live chat. Sloan Bella is my guest right here on The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Stay with us. And we are back with Sloan Bella, the sexy psychic, psychic to the stars. And she joins us from uh, Los Angeles. Uh, let's just uh, get right to the, uh, the uh, U.S. election. We've got Super Tuesday coming up for the Democratic uh, primary. Uh, who do you see as the nominee? Is it Biden? Is it Sanders? Is it Bloomberg? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm laughing at all the choices. Okay, so um, if it's Biden, I think everybody's lost their mind because he just made the most outrageous comment yesterday about children in the hot tub and the hair on the back of his body standing up. I was like, whoa, this guy shouldn't even be in public. No, I actually feel, that I, I kind of feel like Elizabeth Warren's going to come out but I, I feel towards the end of the summer, they're going to bring out a new candidate because they really don't have anyone I see as a strong finisher. When it comes to Bernie, I feel there's a huge appeal for him, but he can't follow through on the things he says. So he speaks well, as in he says everything's for free, but we know that it isn't. So he speaks well and young people are going to like it, but there's going to be some sort of a last minute and I feel she's female, and I wouldn't be a bit surprised if it wasn't um, Michelle Obama, actually. Uh, yes, she may come in sense. as a vice president sense. contender and then come, un, you know, come under it and then eventually move through to become a president. And uh, the result in 2020, if, uh, let's, say, oh, let's Trump. say it's Trump in 2020. Oh, it's Trump. I said it before he got elected the first time. He's going for two terms. Period. I mean, unless they do something about that, which I'm not going to say on air, but I mean, he's aligned. He's just aligned. No matter what they say, no matter what they do, he's just aligned. So I believe it'll be President Trump again. Please don't hate the messenger, but that's what I believe. I don't see anyone uh-huh. stepping up. They are going to try to throw him a curveball, though, with this, I feel, woman who is coming up in sometime in the summer to present herself as a last-minute candidate. And it may come through because of somebody else dropping out due to personal circumstances. So maybe that way, you know, they have 10 candidates and somebody has to drop out, so they have to put another one in. Right, right. Well, so it's interesting. I don't feel three, any of them, actually, are going to win any of well, these. You've got, you've but, got three, three male candidates. The average age is 77 years. You've got Biden. I believe he's 78. You've got uh, you've got uh, Bloomberg is seventy seven, and you have 
uh, Sanders, who's 77, 78. So, my gosh. Uh, yeah. yeah you know, what's the average, what's the the average lifespan healthy. for him? The average lifespan for an American is 77 years. Not that I wish well, any Look at harm, Trump. How old is Trump? Trump's 73 he's or 74. He's a very young 73, I think. He's a very young 73. Yeah, isn't he? Yeah, totally. Can't stop him. Um, meaning he's energetic. But when I look at the three men that you mentioned, it's actually Bloomberg seems the healthiest to me. Um, not that I like what he says or anything, but he seems physically the healthiest. Bernie doesn't necessarily seem healthy to me. When you watch him speak, his face is beat red, and I don't know what that's about. Seems like a blood pressure issue. And then when you look at Biden, I just really think Biden isn't mentally up for it. So I, I don't know what is actually wrong with him, but he says things, and I'm like, whoa, what's he saying? <laughs> yeah, he's a gas Sorry. factory, that's for sure. Uh, now, Brenda, Brenda Price asks, Sloan, do you ever close your eyes when you go, when going to bed and see and and ever see eyes eventually turning into partial faces? And I'm not I'm not sure what she means here. Do you ever oh, close yeah. your eyes when you go to bed and see faces? I guess is what she. Yes, I yes, I see faces all the time. They come through the um they come through basically the veil. The veil is very thin at sleep time because our defenses are down. Yeah, I see that quite a bit. Sometimes it's guides, sometimes it's people and I ask them who they are, but yes, I see them looking at me. The faces are much bigger or at least in the way that I perceive them, they seem larger like they kind of zoom zoom in and focus close. And if I don't like it, I just they, I open my eyes and shut them again, and hopefully they're gone. And if it's a guide, I can feel it. I, I don't really feel threatened by it, but yeah, all the time I see that. I think that's probably pretty normal if you're at all intuitively aware. Yeah, I feel like that's a normal happening at sleep time, sleep or uh, time. Smiley B asks, Sloan, are Satan and Lucifer two different beings? The Urantia book indicates they are. I... I feel like they are because I feel like Lucifer, well, Lucifer is basically, you know, in competition or in exact competition with God. Satan has more, Lucifer seems more appealing, which sounds very weird, but it seems more appealing. But I believe the energy is the same. They are copycats and wannabes and they're trying to corrupt the energy so in that sense, they're the same. Um, but Luciferianism and Satanism are similar but different. So they're, so it would seem to reason that they are, but I don't think either one of them is finite in their description. I think they encompass a whole bunch of energies that go against the soul elevating. So they try to keep our energy locked down here so that they can feed off of us so that we are their slaves. That's how it feels to me. So I would say, oh. yes, they are different, but it's a, it's a group of energy under, under one umbrella kind of thing. All right. That's how and, it feels uh, to me. Okay. Jay Lee is asking, and I'm not sure, Depp versus Heard in August 2020. I'm guessing that might be a UFC match. I'm not sure. Depp oh, she's talking Heard. about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. <laughs> yeah, she's talking about... Um, Oh. I believe she's talking about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard in the court case uh, that's ah, going to court. Okay. Remember he well, got married? It, yeah. Oh, that's right. Well, it might end up being a Uf, UFC match. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think it already was that. Yeah, I think it was that. Right. I kind of feel like Johnny Depp's going to win. Weird thing to say, but I kind of feel like it. I mean, I think it's a divorce court or a domestic violence bat 
fight, whatever. I think he will come out on top. That does not mean, by the way, that he is innocent or guilty. It just means it looks like it's in favor of his argument. And I don't know what his argument is, but I do remember. That's what I'm assuming she's talking about. Right, right. Um, Producer Mackey in the YouTube chat is asking, what do we expect from 5G? Oh, my gosh. 5G. Now, I'm going to tell you an interesting story. Okay, so at Christmas, I was wearing my iPod cordless ear thing to talk on, okay? the You know, the ones with no cord. I'm just going to say this. And I, I have a new studio where I do my videos, and I had a new microwave. And I put my coffee in the microwave, and actually, <laughs> you're going to laugh. This isn't 5G, but I'm going to tell you why I'm saying this. Put my coffee and put it in for 10 seconds. And my ear pods sent a shock through my ears. I literally thought I fried my brain. I had panic attacks all day long, and it blew the fuses in the studio. I felt the electric shock go through my head. So a friend of mine and I, we Googled it, and apparently the iPod um, thing, the ear pod thing, resonate at the same frequency as microwaves. Now, I've never right, read right. that. Anyway, I've never read that, but they do, and I got shocked by it. 5G actually takes our body literally above that. So there is no grounding in the body. So it's basically like taking an electric socket if the body is to be thought of as such. And it's, it's frying the circuits at the top of the cord. So we don't even have the ability to replenish ourselves. And I think I got a little piece of that when that microwave shocked my ears. And I literally thought I fried my brain. And like headaches and whatever. That's what we're going to have from 5G. We're going to have um, basically the inability to ground ourselves. So what happens when you can't ground yourself? So let's say you're drunk and you can't um, walk straight and you kind of walk sideways and you can't make a decision because your head's a little bit foggy. Think of PMS or uh, menopause, you know, brain fog all the time and the inability to move the body. That's how it feels to me, the inability to think straight. And I don't believe that they think that this is necessarily where it's going or they're overlooking that, but I do feel they know it. I feel like the higher up of the developers know this. I also okay. feel like it's going to open the body up to illness because we can't, we can't calm the body down once it's been fried. But and very quickly, I, I got one like, last yeah. one from Sally Ryder here. Wants to know, about Epstein's co-conspirator, Ghislaine, or Ghislaine Maxwell. Where is she? Okay, I don't feel she's dead yet. I feel that she is, how I'm seeing that, as you ask the question right now, I'm seeing her locked down. Um, basically, she's in hiding, but I'll say she's a hostage. So she's in hiding as a hostage. They haven't killed her yet because they still need more information from her. And it's not our side. It's her own side of people need more information. And she's not giving everything up, but they have basically locked her in. They basically shut down her ability. So they put her in quote, a safe house, but the safe house is really a prison. She can't get out of it, but it's not a traditional prison. That's where right. I hear she's not dead yet. They will kill her though. It'll be within two years. It's not right now. They will kill okay. her, but she's actually locked. Away. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to leave it there. Uh, Sloan, always a pleasure. SloanBella dot com, and uh, the YouTube channel Sloan Bella. Thanks so much. Always a delight. Thanks, Richard. You too. Okay.
Until next time. All right, my friends, that's it for me. Thanks to uh, uh, Carlos and Ryan White. Back next week with a brand new program. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.